0: I really, really love how easy it is to just open a box for the anchor site and start another episode <laughs> of my and somewhere here it lets you do like music and effects, but my but a bit a something podcast. Like doing a tweet. It's, uh, this is cathartic and it's great that I'm starting it right right now. If you hear something rattling, I know I futz with stuff. Uh, I have a bunch going on always, but those are some frozen grapes, which is awesome. If you can get grapes anywhere, freezing them, best move. Um, so, As before, uh, this is all really Bible study-ish so far. Um, A lot of people might be immediately turned off by that. But, you know, there are a lot of valuable things that you can get from those books. And as a heads up for anyone who might be listening, I need to, you know, figure out how I want to start these off properly and give people an idea of what they're gonna hear if I do this more. I mean, this is helping (laughs) as a outlet, uh, hopefully for my sanity, but at least is something to be doing uh, from my room, uh, from the quarantine. And I know it'll speak to a lot of people. uh, And without unduly flattering myself for tooting horns or whatever, it's not something I'm in the habit of at all. But I am more familiar with a lot of the literature, uh, biblical literature, uh, than most secular people. uh, However, I'm going to say that concisely as an intro thing, but just a heads up that some of what I'm discussing goes pretty deeply into the text the subtext the symbolic you know stuff underlying these stories and the reason for my uh opening this up again for what i think is episode five would be is something which has occurred to me i'm gonna I don't know whether you can hear me chewing the grapes, but I'm going to just pause this uh, clip right now. Enjoy these things properly. I don't want everybody to just hear me chewing them throughout this thing. But when we get back, I am going to talk a bit about King Saul and the idea of having a king, because I spoke about this in an episode I recorded earlier, uh, but I think it's one of the most relevant traits of in the Samuel saga. Uh, this is one of the reasons that it speaks to me and to us, to our world, whether you like it or not, whether you're interested or not. Uh, the whole point of Saul and the way he's portrayed in the story is that he is a bad king. He is always ignorant and, uh, like there are a bunch of qualities in him that are true of bad leaders. Uh, Just in a timeless sense, but there is something about the idea of a savior in a king that uh, something just occurred to me that makes this feel especially relevant. All right. Those were some very good frozen grapes. Uh, I still recommend that strongly. And of course, uh, even if you get them from the store and they say triple washed on them, you want to wash them again. I was doing that before the virus and the quarantine. But even more so now, that would be a smart thing to do. Heads up. So... Back to Saul and the original, uh, I spoke in this previous episode about chapter eight of the Samuel saga, uh, where Samuel is asked by the people of Israel to give them a king like all the other nations. Of that time. The Amalekites, Ammonites, Moabites, Philistines, uh, etc., all had kings as leaders, but the Israelites were uh, tribal in a different way and loosely affiliated, sort of. uh, And they had judges, which you can read about, or certainly I will talk about, uh, the book of Judges. Uh, but I think the most telling, uh, quote, something I love from Judges, I have it at hand. It's, uh, chapter 21, verse 25, uh, not something to shout high and mighty from a pulpit, but rather a very uh, a very sharp <clears throat> little observation of people, which is that in this time there was no king in Israel, and so all the people did what was right in their own eyes. Which when you think about it, is both a very, you know, potentially I mean I mean people uh, without a king, without uh, any kind of accountability, stuff that's become very much public discussion in our world, uh, you know, Increasingly and post me too, it's become, uh, I mean, you all know you inhabit this world, uh, but a lot of things in the Bible, uh, these bloody, terrible things that happen, uh, it's something I reflect on and have done, have been working on in my own writing that centered in these times a lot of shit goes down that goes down because there is nobody to really hold people to account. Uh, And so the judges are people who would go around. uh, They would have a great amount of power uh, and authority. uh, The ones that are described in the book of judges, but It's also very important to note, just because they don't talk about this, that the Book of Judges uh, is an anthology, actually, which covers folk history uh, of the Israelites over a fair period of time. And in fact, uh, some of the things in the Book of Judges... Uh, it's not a chronological book. It's, it's a number of stories. And the Song of Deborah, uh, which is chapter five of the Book of Judges with a uh, prose version of the same thing in chapter four, uh, is a female the only female judge in the book, but she's also a military leader and has, uh, she's a prophet as well. Of uh, uh, That's something uh, to get at elsewhere, but, uh, but Barack, the name actually comes from there. And Deborah uh, tells Barack early in the day, uh, that you, uh, your salvation will be delivered into the hands of a woman, uh, which is, uh, <laughs> there is an extraordinary payoff to that prophecy. Uh, but more essentially with the book of Samuel, Samuel is also a prophet and a judge essentially Uh, really, but he's brought up uh, in the priesthood, so he sort of fulfills a number of functions. Uh, But when the people of Israel say, we want a king, uh, Samuel says, I really don't think that's a good idea. And the people say, Uh, no, we want a king. And so Samuel shrugs, and he goes over to God like he did. Not like you do, but like he do. (laughs) And uh, he says, the people want a king, but I really think this would be a bad idea. And this is in the book. I know I'm speaking... Lightly, and I know I need to figure out the right pace. I don't, I know, you know, this is a lot uh, to unpack if you're not familiar with all of it. But if you're in quarantine and have any interest in it, you got time. Uh, If you happen to be quarantined in a hotel or motel, uh, you know what? This, this is an Oprah moment. This is the first thing I'm going to put into the intro. The look in your bedside uh, drawer. Hang on. All right. Now I'm really getting the hang of this. You can... I have been afraid to pass stop or pause or whatever, but now that i can see it's easy to uh essentially pause and then drag and drop these segments over to the side if you have not got one of these podcasts yet uh it's the easiest thing in the world anchor.fm sign up start it if you're talking to yourself alone in quarantine you might as well not be alone whichever way that, so that makes sense. Uh, Cause this is off the cuff late in the evening. Not that time really matters anymore in certain ways because I'm not leaving and no one's expecting me to show up anywhere in the near future. So, um, I'm sorry I have the occasional giggles but, You know, the stirring, crazying comes and goes and mostly isn't, here isn't an issue. I've been through, I'm from New England. I've been through winters before where you don't leave or you can't go outside because of the snow and shit like that. So, you know, I stocked up before the rush because I know from things like that. Uh, And the story takes place in the desert, Uh, abrupt transition back to the time of the judges and jump forward to Samuel, which from Deborah to Samuel, that's actually uh, something like a millennium probably, uh, give or take between the writing of both of those, even though uh, if you look in your bedside uh, drawer and you're following along in the Bible, uh, there, you can estimate a difference of some number of hundreds of years, multiple hundreds of years between uh judges five and the entire book of samuel uh there's a lot to study and appreciate and i do hope that doing this will be entertaining and informative for folks and i apologize for some of the rocky uh, improvisational bit of this as i'm just figuring out exactly how to do this and how to best do it but the actual subject of this episode is still uh anchoring at the point of the king not necessarily saul but if you will turn in your books to chapter eight then you will see that uh also that's fun some people are uh doing digital classes but uh but again if you're in that situation if you're in a hotel motel or a room with a bible in it uh, (laughs) you can follow along in the text children so the we're in chapter eight and the specific thing samuel is saying is from line 11 to uh 18 yeah 18 19 about uh i think it uh the actual speech ends at 18. so uh in case you don't have a bible to hand uh and also in case your translation or you're reading it without this context might be obtuse. Part of what I'm doing here is trying to make it more accessible. So basically, Samuel has gone to God and said, I think, uh, you know, having a king would be a really bad idea. And God says, uh, you know, no, they want a king, give them a king. And so Samuel says, all right, fine. And he goes back and says to the people, "Uh, I'll, you know, find a king. But he isn't happy about it. And specifically, what he has to say is really a speech. You can listen to this. With uh, considering that this is talking about the dangers of monarchy and autocracy, excuse me, uh, autocrats, people who would want to impose their will uh, and, you know, that folks don't have, uh, you know, people who want to impose their will on everyone. And in the whole book of Samuel, there are a number of Kings and the book, uh, the saga, the Samuel saga. There's a lot to be made about leadership and kingship. But the first we're hearing of a king, really hearing about a king uh, is when Samuel opens his mouth against as well and warns everyone that this will be the practice of the king who will reign over you your sons he will take and set for himself in his chariots and in his cavalry and some will run before his chariots he will set for himself captains of thousands and captains of fifties to plow his ground and reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the implements of his chariots and your daughters he will take as confectioners and cooks and bakers and your best fields and your vineyards and your olive trees he will take and give it to his servants and your seed crops and your vineyards he will tithe and give to his courtiers and to his servants And your best male and female slaves and your cattle and your donkeys he will take and use for his tasks your flocks he will tithe and as for you you will become his slaves and you will cry out on that day before your king whom you chose for yourselves and he will not answer you on that day And the people refused to heed Samuel's voice and said, No, a king there will be over us, and we too shall be like all the nations, and our king will rule us and go out before us and fight our battles. And there are a few more lines to the chapter, but that's really the note that I want to shift on to where we are now because... We have this uh, this cruel monster right now who, uh, you know, if you aren't into the biblical stuff or versed in all of this, you know, you might not look at this closely enough to, uh, this is why I'm drawing it out, but when it says <clears throat> a king who will go out before us and fight our battles, that actually, uh, hang on a minute. Uh, That's actually an incredible connection to chapter 17, uh, which we will definitely get to as well. But that's something Saul specifically does not do, is that uh, just like now where the reason that you chose a king, the qualification for being a leader is that you were supposed to look out for people and do the best for the people who rely on you. God damn it. And when Samuel says... Uh, that you will cry out, and the king who you chose for yourselves will not answer you on that day. That's uh, people who go, oh my gosh, in the Bible it totally predicts Trump or something. That is not what's going on here uh, at all actually what it is is it's a very keen observation of human nature and at the moment we are experiencing such an extreme example of this callous fatuous idiocy and casual cruelty but you know uh this whole diatribe of samuel's that you know on a glance or if you are just ready for something you know boring biblical whatever thou's and thou shalt stuff that uh there is some of that uh and now that that's really the substance of what i wanted to say and point out is that this whole speech and moment is very much of our moment uh at the outset of this quarantine and everything that has brought us here uh very specifically in terms of leadership that could give a fuck if you live or die uh it's a matter of whether they can make money off it uh and that's really what Samuel is saying in a very broad way is saying that, look, if you have a king, not a judge or a number of judges that roam the land and try to be to bring order, like Deborah that I described earlier in Judges 4 and 5, uh, is a judge that rises up and she inspires people from multiple tribes of Israel to band together and to go uh, fight the Canaanites, Canaanites, whatever. But uh, the point is that uh, she puts out the call and it's on reuben and dan's head and the others that don't show up but if she were a king if she were a queen she could say that uh i've had enough of the Rubenites, you know with this uh heel dragging heart searching bullshit, uh, and order people to go and you know bring me their heads and that's the thing that samuel is warning about about a king is that uh when you say uh we're going to give you into, like absolute power over us people get carried away they mistreat it they mistreat people and in the actual language of this speech there is a successive quality that goes from your sons and daughters and your property to the slaves you own because slavery was a thing in this time uh and then he uh finally gets to uh if you've just opened the book uh now and want the reference again it is first book of samuel chapter eight line 17 or 18, where this statement is, but he says, uh, uh, he says, and your best male and female slaves and your cattle and your donkeys, he will take and use for his tasks. That is 16. Your flocks, he will tithe. And as for you, you will become his slaves and that right there is exactly uh what all of this is the idea of a savior of a king who says i'll fix everything who says as absalom says later in this book uh in the second act or second book of kings uh there's uh very interesting reading to be done about uh aspiring authoritarians and david's son absalom but part of it uh in part of this absalom uh is said to be standing by the gate and meeting every person who comes into the city which uh is a nonsensical thing to say exactly but uh but it's a small image the way that this is conveyed which essentially uh in a contemporary translation would more or less read uh like oh hey uh you're from minnesota minnesota is my favorite state after uh, I'm king. It's going to be, you know, all the best stuff is going to be in Minnesota. Uh, oh, hey, where are you from? Oh, you're from South Carolina. That's my favorite Carolina. It's, it's very much uh, the act of an authoritarian to wheedle and to promise and to, uh, you know, to promise the moon and uh we see different kings in this book and there's actually a whole separate uh the books of kings that follow the uh samuel saga Uh, but because that is such an entirely other story and world and saga of its own this seems like a uh fine moment to cut and slap this episode together and you know send out another no reason i can't do this every day i am having fun and i hope that uh people will get something from this and we'll see where it goes stay safe remain indoors uh even if it's not the bible pick something up and actually something uh with paper uh not on a screen and uh read a book